Hello and welcome to BizBytes, uh, where we're trying to give more businesses an opportunity to for you to get to know them a little bit better. And uh, I'm really excited to have with me today, Lynn Bedetti from Outsourcing Angel. Uh, Lynn, thank you so much for coming along to BizBytes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, and I really, look, I, I love the name Outsourcing Angel because it kind of alludes to what you're all about. So just as a quick introduction, give me what the business is about. Sure. So as you know, the name is very obvious. It's about outsourcing. It's about how do I actually free business owners' time by allowing them to outsource tasks that they shouldn't be really doing and allowing them to, you know, free up time to do what they really love. So we really send angels into your business. So that these angels come in a form, the form of virtual assistants from the Philippines. So we nowadays help people not just hiring these angels, but we also help them to systemize, automate, and then place the angel in for them as well. Yeah, and I'm really, one of the questions that I try and get everyone to think about before they come on the program is asking about the biggest challenges that uh, that people are finding that, and the reason that they come to you. So I love yours, if you don't mind me reading it out here, it's our customers' biggest challenge is balancing time constraints and burnout while lacking knowledge and implementing effective business systems that promote growth and prioritization. It's a bit of a mouthful, but I totally understand it's... Um, uh, burnout and um, being able to implement things. It's time is a big factor, isn't it, for businesses these days? Exactly. Because the thing is, if there's only, uh, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. And even when you free up time, if you haven't got the right systems and, and kind of prioritization, you will end up being busy again, just doing other things that then might that might not even grow your business. So, you know, I'm a living proof of exactly that. You know, I've been able to grow my business, but to a point where I don't have to be in the business, that I can travel every single month, uh, spending so much time with my family, and I want that for clients. And it comes down to having the right tools, systems, and even learning how to delegate, learning how to uh, free up control or decision-making, and then learning to even then design your life around your business rather than let your business really take over your life. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, big fan of putting time back into, into things. And uh, as a little break in between, if you haven't read it, uh, Dan, Mar Dan, Dan Martell's book, I'll get that bit of a mouthful, um, Buying Back Your Time, really worthwhile uh, having a, a read or a listen to if you haven't done that. Um, but I'm I'm interested in in how you will in how you began with all of this. Um, so so take take me back to where where this business and even the idea for the business began. Sure. So um, yeah, over a decade decade ago, um, I was very motivated to really start something for myself because I was a single mum. Um, I started working corporate jobs and I'm like, oh my god, like I was looking forward to being 18 and being an adult, and then I'm still stuck. In, you know, it's almost like a school, you know, when you have to come to, to work at a certain time, you finish at a certain time, if you need a day off, you're going to pretend you're sick. And I was like, oh my God, I need a business to save me. And also a business to actually allow me to uh, create freedom and financial freedom for my son. I was very motiv motivated to really, you know, set a good example for my kid. And so that was me um, trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Um, and so I started an e-commerce business. I've never really learned about service business or anything. And, you know, usually the first business you think about a product, right? And so this first product was a nail polish product that my friend gave to me. And I basically thought I was going to be a millionaire out of this business by, you know, if, if only a million women 
buy my product, even if I made a dollar, I'll be a millionaire. So I was very kind of delusional in that sense and inexperienced. So that was my journey into business, into digital marketing, into even outsourcing, because I didn't know how to do anything at all. And so I stumbled across um, outsourcing in terms of working with offshore people uh, only because I had limited funds and I just had no other way. And when I was looking out for solutions, I came across websites such as Odesk at the time, which is now called Upwork. And I was just amazed at how the ability to be able to find anyone to do anything for you and at various costs, you know, and sometimes it's just very, very cheap. And so I fell in love with it, but I also found the challenges in working with them because if you don't know what you're doing, you'll get burnt. And I did, you know, I I remember wasting so much money on hiring the wrong people, believing in whatever they're saying to me and not actually getting the work done. And so I ended up, um, you know, getting rid of that business because I never actually liked nail polish in the first place. And I also didn't realize that a product business was not giving me the freedom. I was still in my spare bedroom shipping these products out. And that was not the way I imagined an online business was going to be. And so I um, started a marketing agency actually out of realizing I had these skills in marketing and outsourcing, working with offshore team. And then just other business owners needed the same thing as what I, you know, I was able to develop for myself. And then a few years into the marketing agency, I just, once again, pivot, you know, you're always looking at how to make it easier, better. And so I'm like, if I am, if I take myself out of being the project manager between the client and these offshore teams, um, I can actually save them more costs. And I, all I have to do really is really just match them with the right skill sets. And so I, I then pivot into outsourcing angel, which is where I then place the person to the business and the client gets to work directly and build them into the team like their own employee. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested in a couple of things here, particularly with the business, and I'm going to come back to the marketing. But the, um, uh, I mean, businesses like yours aren't completely unique, of course. So, so what's the thing that makes your business stand out, other than a great name? Yeah. So I've been doing this for so long now and we've pivoted so much. And I would say that um, our biggest strength is in the marketing um, uh, assistance. So because I came from the marketing background, building an agency and really just loving what marketing can do. So we live and breathe marketing. So when we're hiring virtual assistants that do marketing, we can really, you know, be that example for them. And we know how to recruit these people and kind of, you know, like if you go out there, you see a lot of virtual assistant agencies and they say, yeah, I can place marketing assistance for you, but you look at their own marketing and it's like not that good. Um, You know, it really speaks for itself. And also what we do nowadays is very different to just placing a virtual assistant. We first actually help clients to identify what are the leaky buckets in their business. You know, maybe there is certain workflows and onboarding experiences that are ruining their opportunity to retain a client, even convert a client in the first place. And so we actually map out their full um, user experience and then and then identify the processes that need to be improved. And then we might even install certain tools and software, integrate it, let it talk to each other so that even a person doesn't have to do that. And then we place the virtual assistant in there. So we're quite techy in that sense. And we also have over 10 years of working remotely. I don't have an office in the Philippines. Our 20 people team, internal team are all from Australia and everywhere that is, we're all remote. And then we have around 70 virtual assistants that work for clients remotely. And so I would say our skill set is in actually building a great culture and great team completely remote. 
And if someone's looking for that kind of guidance into running that kind of comp- that business, then yeah, we're, we're, we're unique in that sense. Yeah, I was going to say that that really is coming into its own in the last few years because that whole idea of remote work is uh, now extended to people who are effectively local, right? Because that was the thing that in you know five six years ago, the idea of of remote teams really did mean overseas. First of all, they weren't really calling them remote teams, were they? There was everyone just referring to offshoring, and and now this idea of remote teams is a reality for most businesses. Um, on a you know on a day to day basis, it's it, it particularly the larger the businesses are, the less likely that all the staff are together more than you know once. Family who work for big corporations and you know not, they even have offices around Australia, and yet all these people are working from home and they're loving it. They're just like we don't want to go back, and I don't think any of them are ever going back to you know the the office. You know they actually are just looking for jobs that are going going to provide them that opportunity to work from home. And even the ones that said, you know, some days at home, some days at work, they still choose to just work from home the whole time. And I saw that over 10 years ago and I'm glad I'm still there. So so that's what you saw 10 years ago. So tell me what tell me what you're seeing happening in the next few years. What how do you see things developing? I think more and more people are going to be empowered to start their own business because of now they realize that they can work from home and that, you know, they can be productive. And, you know, with the world being so open to offshoring, working with more people, I think more and more people are going to start their own business. And I even share uh, my knowledge uh, on my own YouTube channel, telling people how to start, uh, you know, any type of services that you want online. And what's good is that then for me, I, I'm passionate about that because it means that you will be able to create jobs for people from around the world in, in in developing countries, in more disadvantaged areas. And so I just think that um, it's going to be even more globalised. It's going to be lots of even mini businesses, small businesses. Uh, everyone's going to be a lot, there's a lot, there's going to be a lot more entrepreneurs. You know, I find entrepreneurs are, are, are going to be younger as well. You know, the entrepreneurs of our generations are teaching our kids to be entrepreneurs more important than going to school and going to get a job. And so I think it's just, yeah, the world is really, really changing in that way. And um, I think that then, of course, as you see, AI is coming on board. It means that it's actually going to level up a lot of people's skill set. So, you know, I myself, I, I'm not good at writing. I, I hated English in school and I used to suck at writing blog articles or content. And nowadays I can't believe I can use AI and actually write something. And of course I can edit a little bit, but it's doing all the thinking for me. And so it means that even a lot of the virtual assistants that work from, you know, non-English, you know, as in not that it's non-English, but what I mean is like if English isn't their first language, they can level up, they can step up and it, you know, by putting some um, search in there, they can, it can already create kind of the foundation of the article and then they can just kind of edit it. And so I think that, um, yeah, it's just going to be more powerful um, in the future. Yeah, AI is a is a really uh, interesting subject, and it's one. Well, I know we can talk about for ages. Um, I, I recently ran a forum, uh, and we discussed the, the all around AI from a whole lot of different perspectives. And uh, there's the uh, there's the there's the exciting bit, and there's the very scary bits that are related to it. But I think the interesting message is though that um, AI definitely can help you in terms of some of that basis. What's what I think is gets lost 
um, is the unique stories and the unique experiences that you have. And like you told us a little bit about how you started. And I think those things are the differentiator and the reason people come to you, which, which is, it sort of brings me along, along to your marketing and stuff, because you've grown your business quite well over the last few years. So, so what's this, what's the marketing secret that's got you there? Uh, yeah, so I think maybe five, six years ago when I just had this realisation that, um, you know, you really need to get out there, really show your face, you know, build a personal brand because you can't just hide behind closed doors anymore. And um, at first I didn't want to be famous. I didn't want to be, you know, right, you know, be in front of the camera because I didn't need all that light shine on me. But then I realised, uh, you know, people like Oprah who I lo- look up to, the reason why she can create um touch so many people's lives, make us such a big impact is that she's willing to be in front of people. And so I kind of got over myself and my own fear of embarrassment or or not wanting to be famous because I don't want to look like, you know, that I'm up myself or anything. I then really realizing that if I want to make an impact in the world and also grow my business, because I believe that you know, people, if they have my service, that they their business will improve. And so with that desire, I basically decided to really work on my personal brand. And it meant that I really had to study study uh, YouTube, YouTube marketing, really getting videos out there and then keyword optimize and, you know, get, get found. And so with videos, we're able to repurpose it all across social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, et cetera. And so we've been building a content machine. And, you know, at first it felt like there was no traction. It was hard for me, let alone, you know, even waiting for results to come. But surprisingly, you know, after a year or so, you can, we started to see inbound leads. You know, it's not about my own connections in real life or people who know, know me personally. It's actually people who don't know me. They just know me of me online. So I think um, that has been the key to our growth and it allows you to build a business that doesn't depend on you, depend on who knows you, uh, you know, personally. And so I feel like the the business has been able to scale and I feel like I can actually have a holiday and and feel that the business will still run without me. Yeah, I think it's such a it's such an amazing place to be in, but I know what you mean. Content is is so important and that uh, genuine and authentic kind of style of content is so hard for people to uh, understand that they need to do. It's such an important part of of business. Um, but even with all of that stuff out there, um, I'm intrigued. What's the one thing that you wish everybody knew about what you did and the business and the kind of business that you have that they just don't seem to always understand? Um, yeah, often they think of hiring a virtual assistant as if they are hiring a particular marketing service or something or like a product. And what we really want them to see is that you get the best result when you can treat them as a, your long-term staff. So I have staff that are with me from the beginning of my business. I'm talking about even in the days of my marketing agency, which is like over 10 years ago, they're still here and they bring the best Um, value for me because they know my business inside out. I trust them so much. One of my virtual assistant who's from the Philippines is actually my finance manager. So this is a girl that has all my credit cards, does all my payroll. I trust her more than any even Australian staff that I've hired over the years. Right. And so, um, and and yeah, I mean, at a fraction of a cost of an employee, but the loyalty, the the type of culture that the people in the places like the Philippines have, I feel like you can only get those reward if you invest in a in in them like a staff member unlike you know and sometimes when you know business can get tough it can get challenging and the first thing they might think of is well 
since they're a VA, I'll just cancel the service and, you know, say goodbye and they can go and find another job um, because it just kind of still feels like it's a product and not really a, 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 an employee. And so I always find it's a waste. I'm like, no, you know, you and you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I love my VA. It, it's working so well, but, you know, I'm just going through a rough path, a, a rough phase and then, you know, I'm just going to cancel for now. And I'm like, wow, it's such a waste because if you hold on to her, she will be that shining light for you eventually in the future. It's it's really interesting. I've, I, I know exactly what you mean, that there's a tendency to think of team that you hire from overseas as not really being part of your team. So if someone was local, you wouldn't actually treat them that way. And yet these people are exactly, they're, they're people as well. They've got families they've got you know all the same situations that you do and uh you know look I I know I've had people with me for uh I think one team member's been with me for over seven years the other's been with me for for over three and one for a couple of years and they're all similarly I've you know located in the Philippines and in different parts of the Philippines so it's um it's a huge um asset and uh I think if you treat them as part of your team it's such a big game changer um you know and 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 that's so nice to have team and i think when people don't treat them that way it's to your detriment so um appreciate yeah, that because the beautiful thing yeah the beautiful thing about the philippines culture is that they love to a steady job as long as you take care of them and show them some growth they would always stay around and i think sometimes in australia uh you know we we live in such a privileged country and people do jump around uh, for other opportunities. And I think it's just, um, yeah, I, I feel like we can take advantage of that opportunity to invest in that, those staff members, and then they will stay with us for a long, t- long run. Just to wrap things up, I wanted to ask you one question. You've been in business for a while now. So what's, if you had to say, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned in business? Um. I think the greatest lesson is in learning how to actually lead um, and really just knowing how to control your emotions throughout any crisis in business. I think no matter what challenges I've been through, I have never kind of freak out, make drastic things like cutting staff and just go, I'm sorry, I, you know, I need to get rid of you. I've always kind of looked at the solution and focus on the people and the, the purpose and try to move on from that. And I think as a leader, uh, if you can just stay strong in times of uncertainty um, and also being able to to make courageous um, decisions. So sometimes, you know, um, I, I know a lot of business owners who are, you know, they let things slide more. You know, if, if, if a staff member isn't working, they just, you know, don't really do anything about it because it's, it's too hard to talk. And I feel like... Um, yeah, what's really helped me is just being able to really make firm decisions. You can be kind and and generous and 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 um, you know do all the right things, but then sometimes in business it does call upon you to do the hard things. The 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 um and then yeah, just really holding yourself together. And I think what's important is having a really great uh, personal time management, having time to take care of yourself, so that you can bring your best self to business. Fantastic, and then just to uh, finish up. I know we uh, we like to include, and we will include the details uh, with the podcast. But um, tell tell us about the Systemize and Scale Up program. That's uh, we're going to direct a, uh, give people a direct link to that. That's on your it's on your website. Do you want to just tell us about that in a few seconds, and we'll uh, leave it for people to explore? Yeah, yeah, after sure. The show. <laughs> 
Yeah, so this is the uh, service that we've been having for about a year. So this is when you are time poor, your system's all over the place, you don't even have the process ready. You want the extra pairs of hands of real uh, you know, Australian consultants to come in and actually help you. So we systemize, we integrate softwares, and then we'll even train your virtual assistant for you so that you're not left alone because uh, you're already busy, uh, let alone having to bring on a new VA. So that's what SNS is all about. Love it. Oh, that's such a good idea. And I know, uh, you know, being there and done that and need need that kind of assistance, it's uh, it's definitely a, a great program. So I appreciate that. Lynn, it's been fantastic talking to you and I'm, I'm glad to have your guest on, on BizBytes. And uh, I look forward to people continuing the conversation with you and, uh, and listening into the next episode as well. Thank you, Anthony, for the opportunity. Bye.